second James Bond thriller could be more exciting than the first. Hi, welcome to 1128 YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to discuss another Bond movie tonight. I've got my friends with me, uh, Justin. Hi, guys. All right. Yeah, very good, Paul. Very good. Hi, Samir. Hi there. Looking forward to doing another film. Hope you all enjoyed Doctor No last week. Uh, it's from Russia with Love. It was actually the film that Samir wanted to do initially until we uh, reined Alicia in a bit and said, no, let's start right from the beginning and get you know, do this properly. So, Samir, you, um, you kind of bossed it last week, I think, with all the knowledge. Oh, thank you. Really appreciate that. I hope the guys out there who watched our video enjoyed the facts and figures about uh, Mr. Bond. Yeah, um, Justin, do, Justin doesn't have to listen to the facts because I know he gets all of it and he drinks his beer at the time. But uh... I, it's not that. It's just you know, it's, it's like it's like Top Gear and, and Grand Tour old Jeremy Clarkson, isn't it? You know, when James May starts talking technical, it's just like I want to know, but I don't really, don't really care. It's useful to have that encyclopedia because it's stuff that I just can't be bothered to read about. So. It's taken me over 20 years to uh, get all these details. 20 years? Jeez. I've been a Bond, I've been a Bond, well, I remember watching my first Bond on the big screen in 83. But yeah, uh, and then funny enough, in my teenage years, I became a Connery fan from a Moore fan. And after that, I really, like, it's just before we met at QMC, I started really getting into it. Because before that, I was just an average Bond fan. Used to get excited when it used to come on TV, as you know. That we only had three channels or four channels in those days. A soft porn channel five, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's all yeah. it was, wasn't it? It was like a, a reruns of Emmanuel and all that shit. I can I couldn't wait to press record on my video player at 16 for channel five late night TV. So anyway, James Bond, that. right? <laughs> <laughs> um, does anyone want to lead us into this movie? Have got any oh, decent notes think, to start us off? I think what's, what's interesting with it, I think what's interesting with this one is that obviously Dr. No, James Bond is all, you know, is about this sort of secret society of Spectre, isn't it? And this movie, we're introduced to a brand new character. So tell, tell us a little bit about, about, uh, about the character, Smith. Okay. Um, that character is head of Spectre. And um, as you know, Spectre is an organisation that likes to sort of uh, hold the world at ransom or the different governments, trying to create problems between the Soviets and the West. So the plan was uh, to steal this uh, special coding system in from Russia with love. And um, they wanted to take revenge for Dr. No's uh, loss. So they planned it in a way where MI6, or the British Intelligence Service, would send... James Bond over to actually nick um, the actual uh, decoding machine. And it was um, planned by um, this uh, mysterious character. I don't think um, I want to say too much about the name because he's known as number one at the moment. But as soon as we can sort of, um, the next movies when his name and face is revealed, I think uh, we can go into it in more details who he is. Yeah, well, we don't, well, we don't, we don't, yeah, it does, but we don't actually see his face till much later, do we? No, no, I, I, another... I mean, as in, as in 20 odd films down the line. Uh, no, he's not that far away, mate. Um, 
right. no, because he's, he's played uh, late, he's played later on by one of my my favourite actors, isn't it? It's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's another three movies before we actually do uh, see his face yeah. and he introduces himself to uh, Bond. So yeah, okay. so that's uh, what it's about. The other background, I think it, they've done really well. Uh, if I can say with from Russia with love, is actually the location of Istanbul. Because actually in real life, that was sort of one of the playgrounds between East and West with the spies, etc. So yeah. it did yeah. ring true to real life as well. And, and am I right in also, uh, maybe we'll talk about that later, later on in the film. I, I, I don't know whether my fact is right. But actually, I did just want to say something in my introduction. Just thank you to the, to the chap that commented last uh, week about Pan America. Oh, yeah. I just wanted yeah. to put a, just a, a call out to that. So, uh, which makes sense, wingspan, pan, you know, across. Um, so thank you for that, that comment. Right at the beginning of the film, we, we were regarding, we were talking about uh, the, the bullet going down the, the tunnel. Um, and it just occurred to me that it's not a tunnel. It, it, it's a barrel. It, it's actually a, 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 the, bar- the rifling on the barrel of a gun. Yes, um, that's right. The swells are is, is a rifling, so it's not a tunnel. I did, not that anybody's commented on that, but I just thought I'd mention that so people didn't think we were bloody stupid. Um, yeah, I noticed that when I was when I was editing the video, I thought, yeah. why did why did we say tunnel? Yeah, it's quite I, clearly I, a, it, a gun barrel. It is, and it's actually bothered me, you know, for, <laughs> since we reviewed it. So I, I I meant to mention it earlier. So apologies for that, fans. Uh, yeah, it is uh, it's the rifling what? of a barrel of a gun. You know, fans like we've got any fucking fans. Well, it's, only the two, it's only the three of us at the moment, isn't it? So, exactly, you know. we're the only ones that watch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fans. Know, Sorry, my, fans. My, my sons are into it. My sons are subscribed. You know, they're watching it. They love it. You know, the uh, the kids have really they've got into it. They're looking forward to seeing the recording of this one, actually. So next time you go and um, we go to the pub, Justin, uh, I'll, I'll ask for your autograph, mate. Definitely, uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, and your spools. Uh, yeah. Well, it yeah, saves okay. getting it saves getting confused for you know bloody Ian Bill. So you know, I constantly have to do that autograph. So yeah, <laughs> I didn't really. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Bill. <laughs> Fucking hell! Although when I, when I was younger, it was Prince Harry. Before I wore glasses, and I was younger. You know, it was I got I got confused with Prince Harry a lot. Yeah, yeah. I can't see that. No, you, can't now. Gonna... you can't now. But when I was sitting, you know, sort of six, seven, eight years old, you know, it's uh, you know, uh, that was a oh. lifetime ago, mate. It yeah, was a yeah. Lifetime so, ago, yeah, only yeah. a little while ago then. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> only yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, should get we, um, back to the movie. Should we? Yeah, let's go back to the movie. I mean, that's the whole reason we're sat here sweating under the lights. Um, should we talk about some of the cast? Um, yeah, sure. One I want to get in there is Robert Shaw, who played Grant. Oh, oh my God. Amazing actor. Yeah. Amazing actor. Um, yeah. If you read Quint this. Jaws as well. That's right, yeah. That's where um, I know him from anyway. And also... Um, he played a German uh, tank officer. I think the movie was called Penzo or something like that. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but he played him there. And he, he played quite a few amazing characters. He was really good. Uh, Guns of Never One Part 2. Another Guns of Never One or whatever it's called. He was the actual lead in that. He died really early. I think he was 77 or 78 uh, in Ireland of a heart attack. Was this the big uh, one? Was this the, the, the yeah, that guy? was uh, yeah, Grant uh, Red Grant or something. His name was yeah, that was him. Right. Yeah, uh, the assassin there's... guy that was following Bond around, basically yeah, picking yeah, people yeah. off yeah. behind his back and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
the thing was, uh, funny thing is, they were saying uh, in uh, documentaries uh, about Bond that he himself would have been a great James Bond because he had the physique, he had the roof, he was ruthless enough. But I can't see him having the charm because I've never seen him in that sort of character, although he was quite charming in a movie called uh, Man of All Seasons. Well, I think he played uh, Henry, King Henry. Can't remember, I think it was a uh, six or eight. Oh, I can't remember which one, but yeah, he played one of them and uh, he was really good in that. So you have to watch that movie as well. Mm. What about the uh, lead actress? Is it Danielle Bianchi? Yeah, she Never heard was. Of her. Yeah, she was a, one of those. It's really funny because, you know, like we uh, were talking about Lucilla Andrews last week in Doctor No, at that time, in the uh, 50s and 60s, the great thing was European cinema was massive. So I'm talking about French and Italian movies were the sort of, were big hits. And quite a few of them have become legendary actors and actresses. And she was one of uh, the famous Italian actresses at the time and massive in Europe. And obviously you didn't have that many Russians coming into Western Europe or escaping from the Soviet Union. So obviously they needed someone who would be playing a, Russian slash Soviet, and yeah, she got the part. Uh, and I think her voice was slightly dubbed in certain areas to sort of get rid of the Italian accent and make it more Russian. They did something to it. Is that the uh, the first woman then that we were, we were introduced? Because obviously, typically a Bond movie, there's always a few, isn't there? And I, I'm, so you, I'm rubbish with character names. Apart okay, from so character. if you're talking about, uh, are you talking about the character that? Uh, Sean Connery was uh, sort of having a picnic with because that was the first lady actually introduced. Yeah, that, that was the first one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she, okay, she is that was, the one we're talking the, about? Uh, she was the woman no. from the casino in Doctor No. Yes. So I'm ah, so right, quick okay. history on that. Uh, since uh, from Russia with love in the new Bond movie, they're actually going to have Bond having a regular girlfriend uh, with a new one coming up. Uh, no time to die. But the idea was with um, Sylvia Trench uh, was to have uh, a regular partner or wife or girlfriend for Bond. But after From Russia With Love, they decided to write that off. So that's why we never saw her again. But that was the original plan to have her in the next three or four movies. I thought least. that was the point. I thought that was the point of Money Penny was always the, you know, the yearning. Uh, constant in his uh, in his life. Money Penny was the one that uh, he always wanted to flirt with. There was some sort of sexual tension there between them, but no, I think he was never ever she was never ever going to be his wife or girlfriend to be or whatever. It was just no. one of those flirting things. Knowing Bond of recent movies, I found it quite odd that you had a female character in it that was from the previous movie. Yeah, you don't that typically was... get repeating. Characters other than no. the lead, I mean, of course, and 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 yeah, and and the lead people in it, you know, like Jaws and and all the rest of it, you know. Well, um, yeah, you think most most women, majority of women yeah. in Bond movies, like throwaway, aren't they? You know, that's they, right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, they get yeah. their thirty yeah. minutes and that's it. They're out the door. That's why they got rid of her after the second movie, uh, Sylvia Trench, because the directors thought if we have Bond <clears> tied up to a lady or uh, or regular girlfriend then they won't have a sex appeal to the audience because no, they, wanted right. that. they wanted that. They wanted the sex and rock and roll. And well, yeah, you can't have monogamy, can you? It's, uh, no. you know. yeah, it's boring, yeah. isn't it? I mean, most people were doing that in the 60s, weren't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 
as we we're saying, uh, free love and uh, all that stuff. So basically, yeah. yeah, that's why they, I think, got rid of her because they realised it wasn't going to work for that generation. No. I've got to get this off my chest. I think it's about 52 seconds in. Uh, mm-hmm. where we see the feet climbing the stairs. Uh, you might want to check this one out on uh, your both your ends. Uh, but the second step, uh, sags. Um, bit of a blooper, bit of a continuity fuck up there. But uh, I had to look at it a couple of times and thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, they really didn't build that set very well, did they? You know, it's like faulty towers. We slammed the door and the whole set wobbles, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, we have to say, budget there was $2 million. Yeah. So basically, if you think about uh, what they achieved for $2 million there, it's quite um, amazing. But at the same time, what you say, Justin, there are bits there where you look at uh, the movie and you think, hmm, okay, would he get yeah. away with it with, uh, in 2000, uh, 20, uh, 2021? Obviously, well, you would it, not. No, you wouldn't. I mean, you accept it because it's an old yeah. film. If you haven't seen this film, obviously, <laughs> the first time it came out, you know, you suddenly you know, think, oh, straight away, oh, Sean Connery's, you know, been killed. Uh, you know, by yeah. you know, by this this guy, this this spectre guy. Um, you know, but Red I guy. guess, yeah, you know, um, after he's killed, yeah, I think it sort of follows the same scene, really. You know, with the, with the set, the budget, you know, then you know when he's laying on the ground, it doesn't look like Sean Connery is wearing a mask. You know, sorry, you know, it's a Sean Connery mask on this guy. It doesn't look like it. It's actually Sean Connery playing this part, obviously. Uh, but as soon as he's dead, and he's on the ground. It's quite clearly, uh, you know, a terrible. Uh, you know, plaster cast of his face that 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 makes a horrible noise as it sucked off his face. Um, so, so if you uh, if if the scene you're talking about, Justin, if you look at yeah. the frame, Paul, and if you look at the frame clearly, you can tell they've actually powdered Connery's face a little bit more, yes. so it looks like a mask. So that's why they sort of they're trying to put a sort of a three D yeah. impression under his eyes. That's arms, right. Yeah, yeah. Where you think, okay, this you would. If you haven't not seen the movie before, obviously you think, okay, Connery, that's Connery. But yeah. once you look at carefully, you can tell that someone's playing him or trying yeah. to play him, but it is Sean playing him. Yeah. But then, as you say, well, the mask you... comes off. That's right, because you can't get more lifelike than actually him playing it himself, can you? No, no and I don't, I don't think that's... I don't know what you're talking about now, and he's different. Sean Connery is called Sean Connery, but he's not Sean Connery. Yeah. So you know the, you know the when he got thing. shot... It was a, some actor on the floor, and they pulled off a cheap-looking mask off of him. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah I'm, so, about to, I'm about to watch it now. Two minutes forty-four in, where he uh, basically gets uh, the shot by that and uh, yeah, two fifty-four strangles him. Yeah, strangles him. So that was in a garden, yeah. basically it's on Spectre Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, do we do we does Spectre Island get talked about again? Because that wasn't interesting to me that they've actually got an island <laughs> named after them. Yeah, in the books they do, but in the movies it's not really spoken about again is it or, i don't even think it's revisited is it i don't think we see that house no. again i don't think we no we see anything don't. of that again because yeah, well, hold on hold on what about when um was it cleb she gets she lands on a helicopter no no in yeah. this film you see it quite a lot but i mean in in, in the future films they, oh, I see, I see they don't about. revisit spectre island or, or that house no. I think there was a reason a reason for that that house actually was i think uh, at pinewood studios right so obviously um, they weren't going to use uh, Pinewood Studios uh, Spectre Island over over again because obviously you would have to extend um, Pinewood. Bond became very famous for having the silhouetted naked women. 
what did they do? Try and sex it up a little bit later on? The truth was that Bond was about sex appeals. Like, uh, what? Let's let's be very frank and honest about this. A generation of a man, I think, up to our generation, dreamt of being Bond, and I think still people do. But obviously, we live in a different time. I think at the time, uh, chess was a big, quite popular game with intellectuals, uh, and it it was like a snooker of the eight, similar to snooker of the eighties. It was quite popular. Like they'll be watching who was going to be the next world champion, and sector et cetera, And they had those surroundings. You're talking about beautiful surroundings. So it's just elegant. It's just so it's just yeah. so brilliantly elegant and uh, you know and, and simple. Yeah. You know, there's no I one sat to. there with their head buried in their mobile phone. You know, it's like I have to disagree. Yes, really. This. Right. Go on. I I get the what you're saying about no no one's distracted just fucking like that on their fucking phone all the time. That does my head in. Yeah. But the actual decor, it's that awful gold shit that just looks cheap and tacky oh no for sure but everything the floor is a big chessboard and i, I just you know all the artwork in the elaborate ceiling you know it's amazing i don't know I where th- that was filmed or whether that was a set or whether that's a real place no i think it was a set again i think it was in pinewood um i might be wrong there i've read it it was a set anyway well that's uh, a very but- elaborate set they must have had a much bigger budget for this film because that's an elaborate yeah, set. It was, it was $2 million, about $2 million. So if you think about what they achieved with $2 million, that was amazing. Well, they must but, have used most of it for that scene. But what I'm trying to say is that it was actually, again, if you know the history of the 60s, it, it was like young people were like very different students, and that was what they were trying to mix in, was probably sort of uh, have their intellectual, revolution thinking chess playing student who's also going to be appealed to rather than just a guy who wants to be James Bond who wants to smoke whatever 50 to 100 cigarettes a day womanize it was they were trying to appeal to the other uh, sector as well I got really confused about that waiter that delivered the the glass of water to the uh, the chess table he just lingered for so long I thought what the hell is that about but now he I'm just re-watching that section. I see that he was actually indicating that there's a message for you on this little coaster. Yeah, yeah so yeah. what I'm saying yeah. in the background, he probably killed the real waiter and he was probably an undercover spectre agent. Paul, this is a question for you because I know you share uh, my, uh, my interest with World War II uh, weaponry. Uh, the dude coming down the stairs looks like uh, an MP40. Oh, I think it was... Yeah, I think they were used all throughout the film, the MP40s. Yeah. And, you know, they're spraying bullets everywhere and none are hitting. <laughs> yeah, basically A-team, Dukes of Hazard style. And that, yeah. You know, yeah. Which was, yeah, which was bollocks, really. As far as I'm aware from what I've read, the MP40 was a damn accurate and reliable machine gun at the time. Yeah. Well, it was, it was one of the first, I mean, in terms of handheld um, machine guns. I'm, I'm sure it was the one of the first. I'm sure it was. I don't know. But the but it also... Sure you know, these fish, got to get onto that. I, what, <laughs> Wait a minute, before we get onto that, before we get into the, um, the Siamese fighting fish, can we just talk Is about... Is that what the, they are, Siamese fighting fish? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, the, the cat, the, the yeah. Persian cat. Yes. There is no way... Beautiful. Yeah, my mum's got one, as you know. Yeah, Hugo, Hugo. yeah. Right? Um, there's no way I'll be sat there with a black suit 
and that cat on my lap. I know how much hair they shed. Yeah. That yeah. is it's... mental. You just wouldn't do it. No, <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. You, you well, go and you're smothered. Well, and, um, I don't know why he was wearing a blank suit because normally uh, that character wears a greyish, light greyish suit because of the cat. And that is his, basically his, uh, uh, what do you call it? His uniform as such has yes, been the number one. His first line of defense against cat hair as well, because that, yeah, those those uh, Persian cats, their hair is like candy floss. Yeah, it yeah. gets everywhere. I've got <laughs> one for you. Then we're introduced to Spectre. Now we know a little bit more about Spectre, and it's a bit of a bigger organization than just one guy who's uh, pretending to be Chinese. Yeah. Um, what is it? It's uh, Spectre is a a, a organization for terrorists and revenge basically so that's what spectre is um spectre, spectre stands for yeah spectre stands is uh, for special something something terrorist revenge <laughs> something something, <laughs> something uh, special executive for counterintelligence terrorism revenge and extortion that's it yep yeah, right, thanks for that, cool. Justin, because I couldn't remember all of it. Um, yeah, but that was the organisation. It was the biggest uh, criminal organisation in the world at the time. Yeah. I think that um, we should create one, because it looks great, doesn't it? It looks like great fun. What, Spencer? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of money involved in it as yeah, well, but, obviously. Yeah, but think about, yeah, but think about the, the, you know, the, the comparisons with that in, in real day life, in terms of what, what the simplicity of what they do, which is you know, to, you know, uh, I don't know, to do things they shouldn't really do to eliminate those who get in the way. Uh, and if you don't do a good job, then you're eliminated yourself. You know, I mean, that's kind of everybody's day-to-day life in it, in your own mind. Spectre to me is a bit like your life is all about complete accountability. Well, if you think about uh, Spectre, you can put it in another way. It's like the mafia. Basically, yeah, no, no, you no, do it. Yeah, yes, obviously, because it's it's a mafia type organization. But what I'm saying yeah. is that everything you do, you're accountable for it. There's no yeah. let up, one... There's no chance to say sorry or no, make amends. No. You know, it's you, it, you've got one chance to you know whether you're number two, three, four, or five. You know, and we, we, they allude to there being five in this, don't they? She's number two, yeah. he's number three, and he goes up yeah. to number five. But we later That's... know that there's other numbers later on, and, and we know that that's their equivalent of double o. One, two, three, four, five, and the six, and the famous seven. Yeah. Yeah. No, the reason why I mentioned mafia was uh, because I'm trying to put a real uh, sort of relation to a real life organization. If you mark up, you betray your uh, organization, you get killed. In the same way, Spectre was the same. Uh, you betray them, do anything wrong, that's it. Doesn't matter uh, how sort of a good job you think you may have done but if number one thinks you shit that's it it's yeah. over but they but they went all reservoir dogs later on though didn't they you know with with bloody mr white and mr pink and mr brown yeah uh yeah um that was a anyway. different organization was that a different one sorry was it yeah uh, we'll come to that uh yeah, that's later a little on. bit later on yeah, yeah. yeah. because yeah. uh there's a reason for it as well very interesting reason mm. Mm, yeah I can't, I can't wait for that one neither can i <laughs> <laughs> the suspense is killing you know it's a you know it's oh. i'm trying to i'm trying to keep it interested for the audience might spice up the conversation yeah. colonel kleb it is colonel kleb isn't it the, the uh, Correct, yeah. um when she's 
talking to uh, I, I don't know the character's name, T- Tiana. Uh, Tanya, Tanya, yeah, Tiana, yeah, Tiana, yeah, yeah. Um, there's I, two moments that? that made me think, oh, that's interesting. What, what are they trying to portray there? She puts yes, there were her hand on her knee, and then there's another bit where she's sort of circling around the chair. She puts her hand on her oh, shoulder yeah, as well, makes her bit, feel uncomfortable. Is, a little bit, is that a bit of lesbianics, or is that a bit of Well, that was a hint. That was a hint. That was a hint, basically, that she, uh, that uh, Cleb is a lesbian. The helicopter comes down, everyone ducks towards the helicopter. Don't understand why, you know, you're not tall, you're not tall enough to why duck. And they well, that guy was about six four, mate, the one who know, welcomed her, so that's why. And, and they walk through the battle thing where they're shooting guns and they're doing a bit of karate yeah. and all that. I mean, that's just... Um, if you think about that scene, it was actually copied in a movie uh, by um, Bruce Lee. I was going to say, was it yeah, yeah, I was going yeah. that is what I thought of at the time when I saw that. It really was, yeah. you know, but I mean, we, but, but what we actually wanted to get back to was a scene of, of old uh, Matey Boy being massaged, of course, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Of and, Red Grant, yeah. And her uh, sticking the knuckle dusters in his, in his stomach, which I just thought. Tell him to be part to me in Istanbul in 24 hours. I wish every job interview was like that, innit? Get a punch in the face. Yeah, you got the job. You know, I think yeah. you, you already you know, knew oh, that, you're definitely you? ready, you know. I did laugh at that. I did yeah. laugh at that. I thought, is that all it takes? Yeah. yeah. Bang. Yeah, he's good. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, what they were trying to say, uh, if you think about it, it as indirect uh, political sort of engender uh, there for the audience as well, saying, look at these Russians or anyone that is sort of related to that sort of side. Look, they're dangerous. Uh, they're well trained. And don't forget the average Joe. Is not going to have a six pack that's solid, or even have a six pack. They're going to have a one pack, uh, dead's body, and that's what it was. <laughs> so that that's yeah. the reason why you're going. Plus, yeah, if these guys are going to be trained like this, if we have a war with them, we're going to be in big shit. So yeah. that was the is about that really get you a little bit going, scare you a bit. I was scared. Yeah, I, I was. I was. I was petrified. I thought there's no way I could say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, you know, yeah, but <laughs> don't you, Justin? Don't you sort of uh, interview people where you whack them in the uh, sort of uh, ribs or uh, is it li- nah. kidneys? Kidneys? No, that's not. <laughs> no, so you <laughs> give them a good fucking nutting in it. Okay. Yeah. No, that, 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 no, we can't. We can't discuss that, Samir. That's uh, <laughs> private. That, that's private. for a different YouTube channel. That, yeah, that, that's for something very different. Anyway, moving swiftly <laughs> on, we're then, we're then introduced to, uh, the, to be honest with you, I think she's absolutely stunning. You know, absolutely stunning. Uh, the, 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 the bird that comes out of the consulate, the one that's the video smear, I'm sure you're going to tell us what her, her screen and off-screen name is. Um, she comes out of the Russian consulate onto the pavement to meet her. I dude. think we've already done that. Uh, have we? No, no, we haven't <laughs> met her yet. That's the first time we've met her. No, but, oh, no, no. Uh, right, yeah, no. Talking, no, yeah, you were talking about the lesbianonics, but that comes a bit, that comes shortly, doesn't it? We've gone a bit ahead. Yeah, so, we have. Yeah, yeah. Like we're sort of jumping around in a, yeah, a little We're bit, jumping yeah. around in sort of like a fifteen-minute time frame, I think. We are jumping. Yeah. We are. We are. But, trying, you know, so what? To keep it organized. Yeah, so what? Well, yeah, we can go over it again. Uh, I think. Uh, yes, I just, I not? just think she's stunning. Really, yeah, stunning. she is. I, I think probably one of the best-looking Bond girls, actually. Uh, I wish I was born at the time. I think she's very stunning. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Really, yeah, she's she's Italian. Um, oh, is that it? 
Oh, and uh, I think she Daniela or something. Pianchi, Pianchi or something. Bianchi, I think her name Bianchi, is. Yeah. So yeah, she she played obviously the Russian because obviously you could never get the Soviets around to come and make movies in the West because of uh, the lovely loving relationship we had <clears throat> with them at the time. But did, but did anybody notice that her shoes kept on changing? Joe yeah, that was what? this one. Her <laughs> shoes, he kept just randomly. She gone from heels to flats to you know to inch heels to high heels. In fact, I'm just seeing. I'm watching now. Her shoes have changed. She's gone up the stairs and I, I, changed I, again when she comes on the balcony. <laughs> it's just, I, I think it must be the editing must have been really awful. I think, I think or maybe. I think. Um, yeah. Or, or it's one of those uh, things about Bond movies. Some of the old ones, you can tell that, that they've tried to sort of either rush it or it's a case of um, budget again where they've not realised, oh, damn, we, we haven't got enough time to cut that scene. Doesn't matter, let it go. No one's going to notice that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. obviously, because we're doing this sort of uh, video, we are going to notice things like that. Another oh, thing I'd like, yeah. an- like to discuss is about uh, the location, Istanbul. Um, yeah, you mentioned yeah. earlier. Yeah, I, I mean, as I said, I mentioned earlier that it was in real life. It was one of those places where East and West did play chess. But I mean, what I found it, it, it looked romantic. It was a romantic city, something very unusual. Is something this one, can, one of the, clean, the they dubbed it as the cleanest city in the world. Yeah, I think they did at one point. Yes. What, Istanbul? Surely yeah. not. That's yeah, older than dirt, city. that city. No, the point was that, you know, it was, one of, it, it was dubbed at one point as the cleanest city in the world. And if you even flicked a fag bar, uh, you, got, you got arrested. Yeah, don't forget it was a different time. And yeah, it probably was because the founding father of modern Turkey, El Tuk, was very strict in that sense. He wanted to make sure Istanbul, uh, well, not only Istanbul, but Turkey was uh, very like Western and modern. Uh, I don't want to get too much in politics, but that what, what it was about. Really, that's why it was dubbed one of the cleanest cities in the world. But in the modern times, it's probably Singapore or something like that. But anyway, the location itself, I think it was going to show the sort of Western audiences uh, more about the East or Asia, mm. although it's on the border. And that's, that's why I think even to this day, I find from Russia would love very interesting, although other Bond movies have been made in Turkey or been shot in Turkey, but because they, they, the... they, they revisit this location again. Isn't that little island when they're on the boat, the little uh, lighthouse, isn't that yes. the location where M was held um, uh, in... Um, the world is not enough. The world is not enough later on, isn't it? Yes, that's right, correct. Mm. And uh, they've also uh, used Istanbul for, I think, uh, Skyfall, uh, the start of it, where... Um, if you remember Daniel Craig sort of uh, gets shot and falls off the bridge, that starts off in Istanbul. But yeah. coming back to From Russia With Love, although it's been used two or three times, the first, I don't know, there was some romance about it done in the 60s because not, nowadays a lot of people have been there, don't know what Istanbul was like, but in those days people just wanted to imagine how it would be in the Oriental world. Like... Uh, the other character I would like to sort of introduce here is Kareem Bay, the yeah. head of T section, for example. So they gave him that sort of um, okay, a posh Turkish guy who ran the secret service for Br- the British secret service or the branch there in Turkey, and all that stuff where 
uh, he had that romance with uh, that uh, his PA or whoever like come and visit him in the afternoons, and he would have a bed on the side and um, of his office, and basically you let coffee with semi sweet or whatever, and all those sort of things was quite unusual or very oriental sort of thing at the time. We now introduced that bit on the um, what you were talking about earlier, Paul, with the um, the girl from the casino. Is the bit I got to about 19 minutes in, and he's had his bleeper. Love the car phone that, that he goes to. Talking about that car, that was the, actually the original Bond car because in the books he actually drove a Bentley. Never, never drove an Aston Martin. That no, was that, the that, actual that didn't Bond come car. Later, yeah. No, no. And I've got a very interesting story about that as well for the next movie about Aston Martin and how it happened. Good. Let, let's save that for the next one then. Yeah, I like the um. I like the phone in the car. That I suppose at, cool, at that time that was quite yeah. innovative. It was like no one ever thought of that. I suppose at the time. Yeah, but I have no. to say, I have to say, right? He's in the car in the middle of nowhere with trees. He gets fucking signalled, doesn't he? What you don't see on that is a big long cable that goes all the way out the back of the car. The, yeah, we're all the way back aerial. down the road. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's all with, guy, about with the guy with a cup at the other end. You know. <laughs> <laughs> It's just one massive lead. There's some dude, you know, like World War, where he's got the thing on his back. The guy's always get snipered. He's just he's re- reeling it out with his running. Because <laughs> if did you see the winder? But did you see the winder in the car? Though for the phone call, there was a little winder there as well. well yeah, so under, you, yeah, you have to. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, had the communication stuff like uh, you were yeah. talking about the pack. Yeah. The bleeper you're talking about. And yeah. the mobile phone, they were actually the first people to do that. And actually, scientists are sort of saying, we actually saw that technology and started to try to do that in real life. Yeah. And they couldn't do it for another 25 plus years before they could even get a bleeper going. No, so right. that was amazing. What uh, If you think about the cube branch. But I think that's why you didn't you didn't see much of it. I mean, it, no. it, it looked like a baby monitor. But it, well, it wasn't uh, real, was it? No, no, no. I don't. I, don't, I mean, can these, say... these, these films aren't, you know, it's not about, you know, oh, this technology is going to come later on. I mean, it, it was just a gimmick, isn't it? You know, so basically, what but somebody, had had to had think, a... somebody had to think of that, though, didn't they? I mean, the, te- yeah. it wasn't, the technology wasn't available, but who no. somebody must have watched it and thought, oh, we call that a beeper, I think. But, but the uh, idea was... must have been there. I think it's amazing how certain movies or movies eventually been advancing technology because if you think about Knight Rider for argument's sake is I know it's a TV show about a talking car that is out now in, in M's office it's not uh, it's no longer the Battle of Trafalgar is it the horse photograph yeah it's like a horse and cart carriage and stuff yeah have you lost yeah. me no any fours no I just, just think- my I just think no one gave a shit. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was the truth. Okay. We were waiting for your answer to the to the photo. Okay, right. Briefcase, bastards. Oh, that. Yeah. I love the briefcase. Talk about something way over-engineered. Oh, massively. <laughs> yes. I mean, why would you need 50 gold coins? You may need to bribe certain people to get somewhere. So, yeah, to do in the Cold War. So that was a reason, probably. Uh, but the amazing thing was, after that, they took those briefcases out and they sold in the thousands uh, in Asia, Af- parts of Africa, America, 
well, it, it became included. obviously they didn't have the knives and uh, the 50 gold coins obviously or the powder that you could stick at the top and it'll blow up in your face or whatever but no <laughs> that's a good feature that isn't it yeah, yeah. Some powder so you can blow up your own face brilliant, yeah, brilliant. Right. <laughs> can you imagine you're in a rush trying to open it and you forget <laughs> it's not going to be a good look is it especially if you're on a date or honeymoon night yeah or even a meeting a boardroom but, meeting yeah, yeah can you, know, you imagine that, that? But yeah, that that was uh, a massive seller. You're saying it was a briefcase. It had no ammunition, had no knives Ooh. in it, had no gold sovereigns in it. So basically, yeah. what sold really well was a briefcase. A briefcase. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and it had what it had. Uh, obviously, it didn't have the coins, but it had you know those uh, the actual strap that came out with the coins. Yeah. It had the, the it had that feature as well. So yeah. So basically, yeah. In a nutshell, it was the briefcase that was the first. Product placement success in uh, probably film history. A briefcase. A uh, briefcase. (laughs) (laughs) Not a car or anything like that. Not a car, but a briefcase. I I bought one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think Justin's the only person in this decade that still uses a briefcase. Yeah, you bought it for me, actually, for, for my birthday. Is that the one, is it? That's the one, yeah. Yeah. When oh, did right. you buy that? That wasn't just recently, was it, Paul? No, yeah, probably about twenty odd years ago, twenty-five no. years ago. No, it was. Uh, it was a few years ago, but I no, I lovingly use it every day. Cars. Let's cars. get on to interesting. Um, There's no cars in the. Uh... No, not 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 the same as Doctor No, but I loved the old Citroen, the 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 the, the, uh, the car oh, that follows it. Uh, you know, the Bulgarian is, Secret Service. Yeah, that is such a yeah. you know a lovely car. You Beautiful know, I looked car. And thought. Awesome, love that. Um, you know, very, very sort of, uh, very French. Not the shit they build now. You know. uh, I think Justin, you'll realise Citroen is French, so that's why it'll be very French. No, but I mean, it is. You know, it's their styling. The French, they yeah. know how to style, yeah. don't they? You know, yeah. it's it's not stuck together with blue tack and a bit of a uh, few paper clips. But don't forget, you know, French were brilliant at styling. It's all very romantic in their in their style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what did you think about the Rolls Royce? Wow. It's just nice, isn't it? It's just a Rolls Royce, very refined. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And because we're talking about that, um, Queen has had, several of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the new one or those who more than for me. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. coming back to uh, what we were talking about, how do you like when um, Orn gets to the airport and he meets uh, Kareem Bay's son and they have these secret codes? Do you well, use a lighter? That he learns later on. Can I light a cigarette? Do you use a lighter uh, only till their work? Oh, I wonder what like. that was. I didn't quite yeah. understand that line and why it was injected in, but now it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's coach. They make sure you're meeting the right person because yeah. yeah. mate boy hears it through the train window and emulates it and then kills the agent. And then obviously Bond, being yeah. clever, he picks it all out, doesn't he? Yeah. So basically, that was another real life uh, thing they uh, actually used because. Um, they say that the British always had these uh, strange codes, and that's what it's based on. Uh, so he is a Secret Service agent uh, running a branch for the MI6. And yes, he is sort of a m- mixture of, if you want to say, a mafia and a Secret Service person. Is that why he's he's always got a picture of Churchill on his desk? Yes, because he's part of the T branch, yeah, which is he's the M of Turkey, basically, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, because uh, of of the British Secret Service branch there. Right. I yeah, he's fully legit, basically. Yeah. Yeah, which is why he feels, the old Bond feels very comfortable around him and 
Yeah. And yeah. it's pretty efficient as well, I've felt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's a get anything, do anything bloke, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it also shows you how certain ways are done in the uh, word done in those countries, and in certain countries they're still done that way. Like you know how efficient they are. If you want anything, we can get it done. Yeah. So they were sort of showing the true sense of how the Balkans or Turkey or the Oriental world worked. Mm. So yeah, it's really, so, really well. You have, a few, you have a few of these through the uh, through the films, don't you? Like, obviously, the the, the one uh, Robbie Coltrane with a terrible Russian accent later on, but that's not quite the same thing, is it? That's just, no, th- no, he, that was a completely he different. Kind of, he just respects him, doesn't he? He's got that mutual respect. <laughs> Well, just quickly going to that character, he was ex-KGB who had turned into Russian That's mafia, right. as you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So he's a different yeah. character. This guy wasn't really mafia. He was actually... Love, love Robbie Coltrane, but uh, yeah. That's a yeah. later film, obviously, but yeah, it just didn't... A very long way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I actually talked about Istanbul again, obviously, where they are, because, you know, the I, again, sorry, everyone, I don't know what that temple is that they keep showing. Uh, is it? It's not a temple. It's a. Uh, I think it's a, uh, the mosque. There's the history Sophie. of that. Is that it's, it was a church. It was a mosque. Yes. It was a church. It was a mosque. It's gone over a lot of transformations in its time. Oh. And then it became Sophia Hagia. Then it turned into a museum where it wasn't a official mosque or whatever. And now I think it's been changed to a mosque by the current government in Turkey. And there was quite a bit of a debate. This. Uh, is sort of the symbol of uh, Istanbul, even symbol of Turkey, uh, this mosque. So that's why if you look at every angle, you see him, you will see it in the background from one angle, then another angle, then yeah. you see it inside as well. That's what I'm saying, because obviously Venice, Venice features heavily in most Bond films. Yeah. Course, that doesn't change an awful lot because, well, there's nowhere to build. It's no, you can't. Built, it's built, you can't it? really change it, no. can you? A little, little fact about that, um, that mosque in the film Yes. Um, there, there's actually Viking runes carved into one of the upper levels, the uh, the balcony area. Oh right, yeah, that's how far back and that, that church has been in existence. Wow. Yeah, and um, I can't never say it properly, but what Istanbul was called before Constantin- Constantinople. Constantinople. Yeah, it was, the, what uh, it was the, seat of the seat of the Third Roman Empire, I think. Yeah. yeah. So it was an emperor, wasn't it? It was named after the Constant Emperor, wasn't it? Constantine, Constantine, Emperor Constantine. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. the one that uh, converted the whole Roman Empire into Christianity. Yeah. So basically, he was the one who built that in, uh, into a church. That was a church, as you said, that mosque, before becoming a mosque, before yeah. I think uh, invasion of Muslims from I think Central Asia or something, something like that. Anyway, but I yeah, it was something. There's something to do with that history, but it's quite interesting. It's always been heavily contested ground because if you look at it on a map, it, it's like it's it's at the center of two peaks of of that that particular continent. It kind of joins, so it's always yeah. been heavily contested and fought over that. So it's yeah. changed hands so much. Because uh, yes, because if you look at uh, Istanbul, part, most of it is in in Europe. Yeah. And then you go across the bridge and then you're in Asia. So Istanbul, one part and the other part is in Asia. So yeah, you're right, uh, Paul, yeah. it is. I wonder that landscape behind how much that has changed over over time. Probably mega, mega change. Yeah. Don't forget uh, before 2008, before the big financial crisis, 
uh, Turkey was going through an economic boom, so loads of construction was done. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a different story for a different time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just looking up Istanbul on the map, and you can see Bulgaria yeah. and Turkey are separated by this little kind of stretch of land where where Istanbul sits right in the middle. So you can see yeah. why yes. that was a, you know, always changing hands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, throughout history. Uh, gateway uh, to Asia, as they used to call it. I still call it. But anyway, coming, c- c- coming back to that scene where one goes to the hotel room and he checks behind the... Oh, the mirror, and the, the, yeah, the, mic, the yeah. microphone and that. Yeah. Mike, yeah, and then he goes in to get, say, um, honeymoon suite. That was all set up to trap, get him trapped by uh, beautiful Tanya. It was done by the KGB a lot. Honey, they were called honey traps. So there was a real life uh, technique that the Russians or the Soviets used to use. Obviously, this time it was the Russians were actually being used by Spectre as a front uh, to do that with Bond. I'm going to go back to the um, the, the church and the mosque a minute because I just want to clarify exactly what it's called. Yeah, um, the Hagia Sophia. So I had it the wrong way around. What fascinates me as well, you know, about. Yes. Uh, about this is the underground uh, network that we see. Um, you know, that, hey, so some of the waterways. A, yeah, yeah th- it was built as a reservoir, and and the, it's huge. You know, I mean, is this is this existence? Is this a set? Is this actually no? It does real. Exist. It does it, it does exist? exist because it does exist. It's like the city is essentially held up by this amazing architecture of this underground waterways. It is. Well, yeah, it's um, uh, it's a cistern. It's a Roman cistern, yeah, and that's it's it's it goes under a large part of the city because um, it's all down to Roman water management. So they built the cistern there, and and basically brought water to the whole city through that. Wow. Well, what they've done now, Justin, actually, there's part of it where they've opened it up where public can get uh, actually uh, go in and uh, see it. I'd so like to see that. Like yeah, so they've got special light effects so you can go 24-7, you pay for it, whatever it is, it's not that good, $5 or whatever, I don't know what, but actually you can see it, obviously they don't, they've cleaned up the water, like they showed rats and whatever in the movie, but they've cleaned it up, but they say it's not safe still to actually go swimming in it. Yeah, no, I don't um, think I'd ever do that. Filthy. But... The water is yeah. filthy, the water is absolutely yeah. filthy. Um, yeah, it's called yeah. Basilica System. As always, a Bond films, the plots are pretty pretty straightforward in it. You know, we, we've got Spectre, we've got this machine that's trying to be grabbed a bit like the Enigma machine, isn't it? That's, that's kind of what the yeah. story is, is based around. But maybe it's the early films, etc. Just quite slow moving, quite a simple, basic storyline. Out of all the series, I would say from Russia would love. There's two elements after talk about. One, I think Connery looks more comfy in the part. As Bond, he looks he looks like Bond more now than he did in uh, Doctor No. And the second part was this was really the last in the Bond series of movies or uh, econ Bond movies where it was a true spy film, a traditional spy movie. In a sense, there was no gadgets as such. Okay, you got the briefcase, but it wasn't outlandish sort of thing. You didn't have this sort of thing it was like how actually spies worked in real life it was slow work it was boring it wasn't about uh going to different casinos every night 
having beautiful women every night. It was actually serious business. And if you look at uh, From Russia With Love, it does show more of the serious side. Yes, you do get the women in it. You do get uh, some of the glamour of the locations. But mainly it was about serious business of spying and how to get what you want, basically, with connections, etc. So I thought it was a much better film than Doctor No. I mean, no, it is. Doctor No, I struggled to watch, and I had to yeah. watch that in two parts. Yeah. But from Russia with Love, I, I felt there was a lot of different subplots in the film going on at the same time. You had yeah. Grant just constantly in the background, just sort of helping out, and um, there's a few other few other storylines that were going on. So you could switch from one to the other. You, you could focus on different bits at different times. You, it wasn't yeah. just a, this very linear story. I thought it was much better. A lot of explosions and stuff. There's obviously a lot of money spent on um, yes. you know, did, just blowing shit up. <laughs> well, we saw I mean, that later with, with the boats uh, in, in particular. No, um, but before that as well, I think if you remember the gypsy, where they go to the gypsy camp. I was going to mention that because I, yeah. I'm... Even now, I'm still struggling to understand why that was even a thing in the movie. Okay, so the purpose was Bulgarians, they found that guy outside the Soviet embassy when he opens the Citroen door dead. Yes, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, they knew that Bond was in town, the Bulgarians, and because of that, they said they'll be watching his hotel, and if he would go in there, they would probably try to get revenge and assassinate him or kill him. So what uh, Kareem Bay said, rather than doing that, why don't we uh, actually, um, I'll take you to my old friends who are the gypsies. Because if you remember, in the beginning, when he was introducing himself to Bond, and he said, I've not done bad for a guy who used to break out of chains and uh, bend bars in the circus. Yes, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. 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 So I presume the gypsies must have been his uh, his friends from those days, uh, basically, and they were his friends. So he basically sort of went there to make sure Bourne was safe and stay there the night. But in between, if you remember, they go into the sort of waterways and then they spy on the Soviet embassy. Oh, that was a if ridiculous you... periscope. I mean, can you, yeah, can you imagine yeah, being yeah. sat in that in that room? Yeah. And yeah. you'd, in the corner of your eye, you'd see this little thing just kind of me, me, me. You'd be like, yeah. what's, what's that? <laughs> yeah, that was a little Stupid. bit. That was a little th- bit strange. Yeah, I think he did explain that how they've managed to do it, um, how they disguised it in the embassy or something. If I, I'm sure in this copy they didn't say it, but in, I've seen it in certain other past copies where he sort of explains it quite fast, so they couldn't see the and looking in the embassy but you're right otherwise you'll be like what the hell's going on yeah in the corner um, of your eye you'd see that especially that it's coming yeah. up and down and moving around you'd be like we must yeah. deal with that someday yeah, we've I mean, got to deal with that what if the light catches it anyway getting back to the gypsy <laughs> I, it's just a, it was a bitch fight wasn't it a point of it being in the story is that it gave Bond a reason not to go back to the hotel for the night wasn't it in Correct. case he got assassinated or whatever but yeah. Yeah. the whole elaborate kind of Women in the belly dancer scene was like way drawn out, and she was properly talented though. That was that was some belly dancing. So again, I think it was uh, what we discussed last week, uh, guys. Uh, you know, when I was talking about people who had not travelled and they wanted to see something exotic, different, something that unusual, is definitely exotic, and yeah. So don't forget, you and I and Paul, we've travelled, right? We've been abroad, we've seen different cultures. People had not seen that. 
Don't no. forget, it's not been that long since the set. In the, if you think about historic period, I mean, it only been less than 12, 13 years since the war had ended. And so Britain was still in uh, slight poverty in the early 60s. Don't forget the, the revolution and the economic boom hadn't really uh, taken hold of the country, if yeah. you think about it. So it was like taking people out of their miseries, basically. Yeah, so what people really need to take, take them out of their misery is just an extended belly dancing scene. Listen, yeah, I've yeah. been to Shropshire, right? I've been as far as Shropshire. I've seen it all. And that belly dancing scene was just... Yeah, way too long. <laughs> it was a bit drawn out. I did not see anything exotic about it either. It looked like she was going to throw up. Yeah, but don't forget we're talking about 1960s. So we're not talking about 20, 2021. Oh yeah, I'm aware of that. But even I, like I, back I'm then, just sad that the girls all that belly all movement stuff, it just looks like she's going to fucking chunder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of those ladies in the fight scenes, I think it was in the green. Top. She's actually using another Bond movie, so it's quite interesting. She plays a sort of one it's of the slightly main. Slightly overacted though, as well. I mean, she stares at that hand coming there, like Aah! yeah, the fine bits, you know, where the uh, Bulgarian assassin comes in, try to kill Bond, fails, run off. But it's the morning bit that makes me laugh because you look at the scene. It's bloody freezing cold, and you can tell it's um, shot in Buckinghamshire uh, and Pinewood Studios. If you look at the actual plantation around, it's like you can tell it's a, a proper 1960s cool morning winter in England, like uh, a frozen, it'd been a frozen, a freezing night. If you look at it carefully, the ground and stuff, and I'm going into details, but in the evening at night, it does fool you. You think that is a sample. Oh, outskirts. I, I, I don't know. There's so much to talk about in this this fight scene. I mean, they they set like the gypsy things. You can clearly see they're preloaded with paraffin all over it. You know, and they just sort of turn around. He's like, bang, oh, bang, bang, bang. You know, it's just, and his arm gets a lot better really quick as well. Did you notice they get shot in the arm? It only takes about three scenes, and it's much better again. He's like moving it around. You know. Don't forget, he was a sharp shot as well. So that's why it's like he turns around and he can shoot like in the dark without, uh, you know, it's got 20, 20 plus vision or whatever it is. And that's yeah. why he was so good. Well, I think, uh, all right, we're kind of being a little bit facetious with it, you know, yeah. and sort of taking the piss and having a bit of fun. But, yeah. you know, it was 60, 62, this was... No, this was I know, shot. I know. I, we, yeah. we keep saying that, and it, and it is true. I mean, it's like the guys fighting up on the on the ledge, you know, and uh, etc. But it's like the hip shooting. It's what I'm saying. It's like the, it's the shooting from the hip, you know, that, and he's just sort of like... Funny you mention that, because I, I felt exactly the same as well, shooting from the hip. I mean, there's like yeah. the least accurate you can do with a gun. But uh, I guess it... I mean, it's like a remnant of the old Wild West movies, I suppose, because yeah. they're all kind exactly, of like from the hip. Exactly right. Exactly right. It's so people, I guess, I guess people just kind of in movies that was just how you did it. That's how you acted with a gun at the time, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. and don't until forget, you had all the kind of introduction of like proper military and weapon handling experts coming on movie sets and saying, "Well, actually, no," because that film and this one. The trigger discipline is absolute dog shit. Yeah. Everyone has got their finger right on the trigger. You know, all I've got to do is like trip on something and just sprayed up the wall and they've <laughs> shot about three people. You know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's no. awful. But you know, it's that awful time, isn't it? Yeah, but don't forget, uh, 
also we were talking about gun handling sort of changed once Eastwood made uh, the spaghetti westerns. It started changing after that. If you think about it, the way he used to handle the gun was very different to John Wayne, which was that on the hip sort of thing. But anyway, we're getting a bit critical there. But yes, you're right. It was They don't have any military sort of advice on that. So I think we conclude sort of like, you know, the gypsy scene was there for a reason. It was important and all the rest of it. So... Oh yeah, another bit of which I found interesting was uh, was it Shanko, Chanko, the Bulgarian assassin, where Kareem Bay and uh, Bond going try well going assassinating, where has an entrance escape hatch through the lady's mouth. Yeah, and that's oh. that, that's the semi comedy now where they sort of uh, you know assassinate him. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the, and he says, "Oh, the coppers are my brothers. They're going to knock on the door. Everyone's his brother." You know, his uh, sons. Uh, sons, that's it. Yeah, his sons. <laughs> you know, so that, that's the bolt. So the guy you see at the beginning of the gypsy thing that comes in in front of the green van and, and shoots, that's that guy, isn't it? It's coming out. Yeah, that's now. right. Yeah. 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 And, and what makes me laugh about that scene is like, uh, he goes, I don't want to be in your debt, blah, 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 let me shoot him. So he shoots him. Henry puts, uh, uh, undoes the sort of rifle, puts it together and puts it in his uh, suit. And when he's doing that, um, um, he, uh, Kareem Basie says something and he goes, yeah, she should have kept her mouth shut or something like that. It was one of those cheesy sort of jokes. Yeah. Actually, that that whole picture on the wall, you see that a number of times and it had Bob Hope and somebody else. Yeah. Is that is that a genuine movie that was due to be released at the time? Was it a fake movie? I don't know. I would not be surprised if it was actually a genuine movie at the time, because I'll be very honest with you. Right. Uh, I've seen the name. If you met, like, if you uh, mentioned the name, Justin, of the movie, I can uh, sort of confirm it, because I'll be honest with you, I've read Bob Hope, but I didn't read the name of the movie. And I've seen the movie so, uh, from my show with love so many times. Um, but yeah, the, the name of the movie... Well, while you're looking that up... Um... We're not strangers to product placement in these movies, so it wouldn't surprise no. me when I saw it because it was so. Everything else is dark and grey in that in those shots in that particular scene, apart from that big movie poster yeah. or yes. whatever it was. So I thought, all right, are we? You know, is this another cross promotion, another product placement? It might even be the same studio that recorded it. You know, trying to cross promote movies and stuff. It might be a plug, as you say, because don't forget Bond was. Uh, uh, was the first uh, product placement movie. Call Me Away something Eckberg. So it's actually an Albert R. Broccoli Presents. Uh, ah. Bob Hope and Anita Eckberg. Bob Hope and Anita Eckberg. Okay, so you've got two, two connections there straight away with yes. Bond. Albert Broccoli and Harry Saltzman, and they were producing that movie. That was the next uh, movie they were right. probably and producing. So it, it was a plug then, in that case. Yeah. It was a real movie. Definite yep. plug, definite plug. Okay, well, something that I picked up on. I'm glad we um, clarified. We got there in the end. Took a bit. Yeah, it did. Sorry. It's because, <laughs> like I said, it's because I wanted to see if they showed it clearly in the film. Because you often see this pointless pictures and, and all the rest of it in the background to fill in. But if it's a plug, it will be clear. And it was because he, he's looking for a scope, which is how I read that, because he's looking for the scope for the, yeah. the escape hatch. And it's clear on yeah. that those names. Right. Yeah. Another thing I would like to discuss is, you know, where the honeymoon suite where obviously they've got a camera in the background, a film in um, Bond and Tanya 
having sex. But what also what always cringes me is it when he looks at her lips and he basically says, um, she goes, aren't you going to kiss me or something like that? And she goes, yeah, I think your mouth is per- just the perfect size or something like that. Yeah, that was a bit weird, wasn't it? Yeah. For me, and he goes, oh, for me anyway. There yeah. was twice in the movie she mentioned that her mouth was too big. One was when she was in that initial interview with Colonel Kleb. She said, yeah. I thought my mouth, I think my mouth looks too big. And again, in that bedroom scene with... yeah. That, it's very odd. Uh, there's no other me- references to it. It's just those two, and there's no background explanation on that. I think strange. it's a, probably a very sexual message indirectly, which obviously you have to decode. Because quite a lot of Bond, sort of, uh, even the music in certain movies, is about sexual things. How can <laughs> I put it? Things. Uh, basically, <laughs> when I mean sexual things, it's about actually sexual movements or usage of certain things. I am um, one one bit, a particular thing that really bothered me about that um, that scene where he's in the hotel room and he strips down into a towel. Yeah, and he goes in and sees Tanya in that room. They yeah, the get, towel. They get with it or whatever. They get down yeah. to it. Yeah. At no point does he think, "Oh, I need to turn that shower off." Yeah, he thank the you. No, it's the bath. He's running the bath. And it's like, yeah, again, I was exactly poor. I was like, I say, don't worry about the bath running, mate. I'd be overflown by now. Yeah, see, if that was me, there's no way I'd be able to get a hard on if I knew that that fucking bath exactly, that yeah. was running. I would have to wasn't... say to her, sorry, love, I'll be back in a minute, all right? This is great. Yeah, we're going to get down and we're going to do it. This yeah, is I just, I've got to turn just, just remembered I left the bath running. But it wasn't water that came out of anywhere. It was just fucking steam. But no, I agree with Paul. I'd be like, I'll be back yeah. in a minute, love. Fuck's sake. Fucking oh, bloody and burn your finger, stub your toe. Ah, fuck. Ah. Every I think it's get, all... every time we get back, she'd be like, "Oh, the moment's gone." Mom. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that's real life. That is. Yeah. Oh, don't, <laughs> don't bother now. Bloody East so, End on. I'd rather watch that. Be honest with you. That that's uh, <laughs> the word I was looking for. It was a sexual indiendo. Basically, in, they were you sort of using. In, in yeah, that's all, yeah, correct. Yeah, sorry, I can't say certain words. <laughs> yeah, sexual innuendos. But the big mouth, yeah. what? Does that mean I could get it in as well as my balls? Or, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you mean like a tea things. bag, you sweet. I, yeah. I think, I think uh, you, you, you've uh, hit it on the head, mate, basically. Paul. That's what you was trying to say. Stuff it all in. That mouth yeah. is perfect size. I can get it just, all in. Just balls not as, yeah. as well. Yeah, obviously you can't <laughs> say... <sighs> Yeah. Obviously, you can't say certain things, can you? In the sixties, you weren't allowed to say that. You can't say, yeah. "Let me ju- let, let me flip it out," and there you go. Uh, what happened there? There's plenty of comedic moments in this movie. I felt there's lots mm. of um, comedic parts. If we go right back to the very beginning, where Bond comes into the office in London, he throws his hat onto the oh, yeah. hat stand and then by the door, and yeah. um, he says, "Oh, well, for, and for my next miracle," and then he's kind of cut off short immediately by the stare of M. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of comedy bits thrown in this time around. Yeah. It generally, this <clears throat> film feels a lot more confident in general. Yeah. About, yeah, yeah. Obviously, they had the success of Doctor No, and they thought, "Hey, we're onto a bit of a winner here," and they decided yeah. to just let the character flow a bit better. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think if I you do, like this one. Yeah, because if you look at uh, all the characters, and especially Bond, and if you look at Connery's acting, he is more comfy in, uh, in the character. He 
uh, even his movements, like his physical movements, are probably uh, are in much better flow. Uh, yeah. He's moving better. He's uh, talking much better. He's confident. You think, okay, you've got Bond at last. That's the James Bond you see now. From yeah, now, yeah. then, from then till his last uh, movie, uh, official movie, uh, Diamonds Are Forever. You see, that is James Bond. That is the Bond you'll think about when you see Connery. But when you see Doctor No, you think, hmm, is this guy really sure uh, what he's doing, or is he sure about this character? Yeah, because he, he's still, although they made him smart in the first movie and sort of worked on him, I think by the time he got to the second movie, I think oh, I need to mention Terence Young again had really refined him as a Bond. Really, I, feel, refined. I, feel, I think they're just. I feel like they're getting into a flow. It, yeah, it, it uh, the first one went well. They've got over the critics. You know, they've taken some feedback. They've done a bit of testing. We can just talk about the train section. I mean, that train section is quite a lengthy part of the movie. It is, and, and it's an important yeah, one as well. There's quite a lot of dialogue on that as well. People get killed. Yes. Um, I actually quite so, like the fight scene in that as well. Yeah. On that train yeah. section. And then at one point, I thought those guys were actually getting kicked. I thought, as, as fight scenes go, it was actually a pretty good one, I thought. Yeah, it was one of the best yeah. uh, fighting scenes at the time um, uh, filmed. Because um, it was, um, don't forget, you, the actual cabin was quite small. You had two guys who were above six foot two or six foot three fighting in this small space. And it was like a little bit of a dance. The way they did it was really well done. Uh, also, it was like in those days, um, we don't get it that often these days, but the luxury sort of... Uh, restaurants on um, trains as well where actually Bond realises this guy is not a true English gentleman because he chose the wrong wine with the fish he chose red wine except, uh, instead of white is that a yeah, bit like is that a bit like the, uh, the scene in um, uh, forget which uh, German war film where, he, where they're acting as Germans in German thing, and he puts up three things he says uh, today, today glace and he knows he's not German because Germans do that for three I think that might be a Quentin Tarantino movie. Is that not Inglorious Bastards? Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, that's it. He he says play glass, and the guy immediately knows that he's not German because if it was German, he would he would use his thumb yeah, yeah, as yeah. one. So that yeah. red wine scene is a bit like that. He kind of knew because who would have red yeah. wine with fish? Well, I think even yeah. you know, even I know. I'm not even a wine drinker, but even I know you don't have red with mm. fish. Right. So it was that that gave it away, obviously. He kept yeah. on saying uh, old chap all the time. Everything old, was old chap. Was old like, chap. Like, you're trying oh, yeah. too hard, mate. You're trying like overacting hard. his position, wasn't it? Like, you know, trying to overact his Britishness. Yeah, yeah he, yeah, he was trying to act like he was. Uh... Is, he, is, thing, he, is he a British actor? No. Yeah, he is. He's a British actor, yeah. No, I'm not sure, wasn't Was he? I think I'm pretty sure he's American. No, he's British. Lancashire, right. I think he was, he was born in Lancashire. So that, was, of, so that accent was very natural to him. Yes. Uh, I think he was of uh, Irish descent, born in uh, Lancashire or somewhere up north. And then obviously, yes, uh, he probably had drama training, yeah, but he was a British actor who lived in Ireland, funny enough, for a very long time as well. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, just to make it short, uh, Paul, can you uh, find out if it was Lancashire or Leeds or I know it was somewhere up north he was born. I'm looking, it up. 
I'm looking it up on IMDb right now. Um, Lancashire, England. Yeah, eldest son of blah, blah, blah. A nurse and a doctor. Paternal grandfather was Scottish from Argyle. Mother was born in Pig's Peak, Swaziland. Met oh, his father while she was a nurse at the hospital in Truro, in Truro Cornwall. Half hour right. away, 40 minutes away from me, where I am right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so huh. I thought he was an American actor, actually, especially when I saw him in Jaws, you know, he played the Quint character. He played that well. He was very good at accents. Mm. I think that was his last movie, yeah, Paul, if I think, or there was one more movie after that, and he died, Paul chap. Um, okay, so he died in August 28th, 1979. He was aged 51 when oh. he died. Oh, yeah, we were born. Huh. Yeah. And then, if you remember, the Bulgarian the... mafia were on, weren't they? And he went and babysat that that dude, which because uh, he got onto the got onto the train, but it died. I, I think I think one of the things that was interesting about that is when the train stopped, and and one of his sons was there to meet, and he said, "Oh, you know," he said, "Oh, yes, so he's died." Uh, get a message to uh, you know to M. It was like very uh, discompassionate, wasn't it? It was, uh, but there was no there was no sort of sadness from from him. It was like, "Oh, my dad's dead." Uh, Oh. Yeah, I like the way he just kind of walked off. Yeah, just, sorry, mate. <laughs> you know, it was no sort of, oh, sorry if you lost, tap on the shoulder. It was like, uh, yeah, uh, just going to message off and and uh, sort of walked off. See you later, mate. Well, I, I suppose think... if you take it into context is that they were all working for intelligence services. They all, I know the risks. They all yeah. must have, yeah, they all knew what they were getting into. I guess you could kind of read between the lines there that, uh, fuck it, you know, you knew we all knew what we were undertaking here, so yeah. he's gone fine. Well, and, uh, and I think again, I think again, the sign of the times, you know, where where Bond gets upset, you know, and slaps her about a bit, and you know, and grabs you, you just you wouldn't get that in films now, would you? I don't think. No, you wouldn't. But then again, talking about what you were talking about, not showing any emotions, it's a business that we're in one, and don't forget, it's very much a upper class. Yeah. English, British, general. you weren't allowed to say, Oh my god, my mate's died. No, it wouldn't have been accepted. That is a sign of weakness. Plus, as you say, it's part of the business they're in. I never questioned who gave the orders. We chose that business to be in. And that's yeah. what Bond Bond's about. We chose the business to be in uh, be a spy or whatever. That's yeah. it. These yeah, things yeah. happen. After the uh, the train, uh, that lengthy train scene where there's a yeah. lot, you know, actually meets grant and they talk right. i really enjoyed that reveal bit you know where grant's telling him i did this i did that i was pretty yeah. much your guardian angel all throughout that yeah. i really enjoyed that bit because he just laid it all out and what he did and you got the the impression then that bond was actually a little bit a bit of an idiot really at that point he hadn't put any of that together himself so because no. i'm so used to certain bond movies like particularly the roger moore series in the 80s where Bond was just a smug bastard all the way through it. He <laughs> never did anything wrong. He was always no. right. And so it was quite nice to see Bond humbled a bit in that particular scene. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying this was really the last Bond movie in a sense of a true spy uh, movie or a traditional sense where you do see that. Because after this, I think it changes. You, it becomes the ultra super spy. Uh, uh, yeah, I know where he was on his knees and tells it. Uh, the next bit was, you know, um, where they get off the train in that flower truck and then a helicopter chases them. Oh, don't even down. get me started with that bit. You know, where the helicopter crashed, you know, it'd run fucking miles. And then yeah. the helicopter crashed like 50 yards from the from the truck. 
you know, and of course there was a grenade that had, you know, that had dirted all the front of the truck. That was all cleaned. I mean, the continuity wasn't great there. You know, I was, no. I was a bit, I was a bit disappointed with that. You know, after that helicopter crashed, you turned around. You know, the truck was right there, and I thought, hang on a minute, you've run halfway across the moor. The uh, Ford people there, because I think that was on in the Highlands of Scotland. Very, uh, very possibly, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you know, about the, one hour like... forty, about one hour forty into the film, you know, a grenade is thrown and it, it dirties all the front of the truck. You know, the windscreen he stops and. Because now we get to the bit where the boat, where they're on the boat. My favourite like bit, bit, actually. Just going with the helicopter scene. I like the way that the helicopter actually uh, blown up, was destroyed. The guy gets yeah. shot and the look on his face when he drops a grenade, I thought it was priceless. And there's like... Yeah. And then... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. happened there? I um, like that bit, actually. I quite, uh, you're right, there, there was issues with it and the continuity and bits and pieces. But, you know, I'm quite willing to just forget about things like that. But I quite like the way that Bond actually got into that flower truck, the way that he kind of crept around. Another evolvement of the character, I think, is that you start seeing him, you know, ducking and, and, and hiding and, and actually willing to take people on rather than this rather kind of scripted. It felt a bit natural the way that he, he took the guy out and then stole that truck. I've just no, sorry, guys, to cut you short there. Uh, go to Paul, go to. Uh, one minute 42. You mean an hour and 42? Uh, uh, sorry, hour and 42. Yeah. So hour and 42. The helicopter's crashed. Mm-hmm. Connery's hiding. Right, if you look very carefully, as Connery gets out from underneath the stones where he's hiding, so 1.42.06. Yeah, yeah, I'm watching it. 07. Yeah. Watch. As he runs away under the propeller, there is another person comes into shot. And runs the opposite way to him. You see him? He's oh, ducking yeah, down. You just see a head bobbed. Yeah. I just literally just noticed it. Is it <laughs> head bobbing along? Yeah, they're trying to keep out, they're trying to keep out yeah. a camera view, but you can see the head just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That scene was actually done in Scotland, uh, within one of the lakes. I can't remember which one, but yeah. So yeah, if you look at the sort of scenery and the uh, actual atmosphere, you can tell it's not in Eastern Europe. And the no. way they, no. So, but not only that, it was the way they actually did the explosions. That was quite interesting as well. Except when you look back and look at some of the boats when it is, uh, they're getting blown up with people sort of thing. Uh, it looks not great where you actually see people are forcing themselves to jump off rather than flying off as you would do uh, an if it was a real explosion. You talk about people jumping off and flying off. Is when he pushed that um, that flower truck driver off, it was like a gentle push in the back, but the guy went miles off the boat. I mean, it he, was filmed, he leapt off the boat into the water. It was yeah. filmed at, uh, at Loch Gilfed, about fifty miles northwest of Glasgow. Glasgow, okay. Uh, but yeah, that, I think that was the first time Connery had gone back in about eight years or ten, eight or nine years, I think, back to Scotland. That was quite a sort of a dramatic explosion, that wasn't it? Yeah. For the, for the period of time that this film was shot in, I could imagine that would be really quite awe inspiring. You just sat there in the cinema watching yeah, that. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. I think probably the last things to sort of talk about, I, I, again, I'm sorry, is the elaborate why not just fucking shoot him? Old Clegg at the end in the hotel room. You know, she just talks and talks and talks and tries to do this elaborate thing. Just shoot him. Why just just shoot him? You know, and then she's doing this weird little <sighs> dance with a knife in her foot. And 
Oh yeah, the the, uh, the little blade in the shoe that was quite amusing. Yeah. actually, where she's trying it's to like, do these little granny kicks. Yeah, it's like watching somebody <laughs> yeah. with severe arthritis trying to you know trying to jog. You know, it's just. I think I'm going to go a quick on that from Russia with love. It was sung by Matt Munro, who actually uh, sang the song to Born Free. He uh, basically had quite a few minor international uh, hits uh, where he was in the top 10, top 15 in America. So he, uh, in those days, it was pretty hard for British singers to do well in America. So he was one of them who did really well because it was very similar to Frank Sinatra and stuff like that. So that's Matt Munro and they... Never used the actual words in the title, but the first time you hear from Russia with love is when Connery's on uh, the River Thames making love to his girlfriend in the background where the radio's on there and it goes from Russia with love. That was my awful singing, but yeah, that, that's one <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah, the Matt Monroe thing, um, when I when I listened to that, I thought it was somebody like Frank Sinatra or um, oh, what was the other guy? But backrack or something like that, <laughs> yeah. singing it. But um, when I looked it up and it was Matt Monroe, I thought, I've never heard of this guy. Yeah. He, he was one of the big British stars at the time. He, as I said, sang quite a few uh, sort of title songs for uh, movies. And one of his other big hits was Born Free, which was, I think, later on in the 60s. The biggest thing I, uh, I really want to cover, we never got a chance to talk about the Bond theme. I'm just going to talk about it a little bit now, and then we can talk about it in the next one. It was actually based on a play about a Trinidadian Indian family called the House of Bazwas or Biswa. And it was written by uh, Monty Norman. And there was a legal dispute on that as well with John Berry. But I'll go in more details with that uh, in the a Goldfinger one. Well, there's a cliffhanger to end on. There is a cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah. I think that's um that'd be a nice place to wrap this up. I think and, so. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll pick that up in the in the next uh, next talk that we do, the next discussion. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from everyone else, I suppose. You want to say bye. Yeah, that good, was uh, that was really great. So I look forward to the next one, which is um Goldfinger. And goodbye from me. Really enjoyed it. See you soon.